This is I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. The following is a recent Sunday morning message given by Pastor Robert Brown. And we're going to be coming out of 1 Corinthians 11 and 23. Hallelujah. So our first slide will be 1 Corinthians 11 and 23. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. Amen. As is my way, amen, let me set up the scripture before we move forward today. Hallelujah. Obviously, many churches use this scripture, amen, during their uh, uh, Lord's Supper ceremony, amen. But hallelujah, God gave me a revelation this week, amen. Um, lots been going on this week with me, amen, but I still do my daily uh, reading, amen, and, and, and something just jumped off the page this week, hallelujah, that the Lord inspired me to share with you today, amen. What is surrounding this is that Paul is instructing the church at Corinth, amen, which was a passionate church. They loved the Lord. They had fire for God, but they lacked discipline or understanding about various aspects of being a Christian, amen. In this case, they were gathering to have parties and to, uh, to eat and to drink, amen, hallelujah, uh, under the guise of its the Lord's Supper, but it was really more of a social gathering. It was really more to fill their bellies. It was m they they fully did not understand the impact of the Lord's Supper. Amen. Hallelujah. We can find ourselves saints. Amen. Sometimes. Uh, losing a reverence or lacking an understanding for the fullness of a particular revelation surrounding Christ, in this case, the Lord's Supper. Amen. So with that in mind, hallelujah, let's get into our scripture. Amen. Hallelujah. Once again, I'm reading 1 Corinthians 11:23 from the Amplified Version. I'm going to read a few verses here. This is Paul speaking to uh, the believers at Corinth. And he says, for I received from the Lord himself. That instruction which I passed on to you. So he's saying it's not from my own personal opinion. This is from the Lord. That the Lord Jesus on the night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is or represents my body. Which is offered as a sacrifice for you. Do this in affectionate remembrance of me. Hallelujah. Let's move on to verse 25. Hallelujah. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant ratified and established in my Blood. Hallelujah. So the new covenant is ratified by the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. It's established by the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. Do this as often as you drink it in affectionate remembrance of me, referring to Christ. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are symbolically proclaiming the fact of the Lord's death until he comes again. That's a whole lot of words, but what does it mean? Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, there's a lot of focus that we as Christians have, particularly during this time of year, 
And oftentimes we want a fresh start, especially if the year before we were struggling with some sin or struggling with some aspect of our lives and we look for a fresh start and we look to engage in things that might bring us closer to God, that might show God how serious we are about growing as a Christian, that might show God how bad we feel about the wrong choices we made, or let me just cut to the chase, the sins we committed the year prior. Sometimes as Christians, we can be so caught up with our own sin and showing God how sorry we are for it, amen, we lose focus of what was accomplished at the cross. That who Jesus is and what did he do for us, hallelujah. And sometimes we as Christians, amen, engage in things that are just like every other religion. But we're not like every other religion. We have a living Savior. We have a Savior that got up on the third day. We believe, believe in resurrection life. For without it, we have no Christianity. There's a distinction, there's a power in the resurrected Christ. Hallelujah. But there's also a power in understanding in his death. So with that in mind, next slide please. Remember his death. Our title today is Remember His Death. You know, we, also rem- we, we, we often remember people who have passed away, and there's nothing wrong with that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But we don't really think about what did Jesus' death mean to us? And how does his death impact our day-to-day lives as Christians? How does it impact our form of worship, our practices as Christians, hallelujah. And are we truly living the victorious life that Christ intended for us based on his death? We're going to look at it today, amen. And we're not going to be morbid. We're not going to be downcast, anything like that. Hallelujah. This is joyous, amen. Remember his death, his being Christ's death, amen. So with that in mind, join me as I pray. Father God, we come before you in the matchless name of Jesus. We thank you and praise you and bless you because you've done all things well. And Father God, now as we come before you, Lord God, hallelujah, during your word service, Lord God, we need a word from you. And this task you've given me is far, far too great for me. You are the preacher. You are the teacher. Preach today. Teach today like never before. And we won't fail to give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor because you do all things well. In Jesus' name, let somebody say, Amen. Remember his death. Well, Brother Pastor, where are you going with this today? We're about to see. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Next slide, please. Hallelujah. Let's look at, hallelujah, in the King James, hallelujah, version of the Bible, at which we base our definitions off of because it's a word-for-word translation. Amen. I use other forms of the Bible as I feel led. Amen. Because they open up the understanding a little bit better for us. But when we do a word study, amen, hallelujah, it is sourced from the King James. Hallelujah. So this word remembrance, hallelujah, remembering the Lord's death, hallelujah, from uh, the scriptures we just read out of uh, 1 Corinthians 11, hallelujah. This word remembrance, Amen. 
is a Greek word, hallelujah, which the New Testament was written in originally. It was not written in English, hallelujah. We have a, a Western mindset that, it, no, that we have a Middle Eastern book, or hallelujah, that uh, for the New Testament portion, amen, was written in a Mediterranean, hallelujah, language. And this is Greek, amen. So here it goes. That was the world's language at the time. So this word for remembrance is anamnesis. And amasis, hallelujah, and it means to bring to mind, to deliberate. We are to deliberate on the death of Christ. We are to, it means recollection. It means done to better appreciate the effects or intended results. We are to remember the death of Christ and think about its intended results. Hallelujah. Of what happened, its active self prompted recollection especially as a memorial a memorial sacrifice G we should think of jesus's death as a memorial hallelujah that to honor what he did hallelujah glory to god and what impact it had on us his death had an impact on every Christian around the world. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, th through estimates, there are two billion Christians around the world that should be remembering his death. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And God only knows how many Christians, amen, from the death of Christ, hallelujah, and his resurrection to all the way now. Hallelujah. Now, let's look at the next slide, please. Next word we want to focus in is the show. And in the Greek, it is katan, katangelo, hallelujah, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, hallelujah. And it means to proclaim, declare openly, preach, laud, celebrate, hallelujah. We're supposed to remember his death, hallelujah, which, which, which would cause and proclaim it, to declare it openly, to preach to Lord about the death of Christ, hallelujah. It sounds counterintuitive. How do we go around talking about somebody that died? Hallelujah. Glory to God. But this is what we do, hallelujah. We, we, we should do, hallelujah, what we're told to do, amen, as Christians, amen, to celebrate, to decisively announce, to herald, to proclaim a message in a definite, definite, hallelujah, binding way, to promulgate, hallelujah, promote or make widely known, hallelujah, to make known, to proclaim, publicly speak, of to teach hallelujah about the death of Christ hallelujah and how it has impacted us as Christians hallelujah glory to God we're headed somewhere hang in there with me hallelujah we are headed somewhere today hallelujah glory to God thank you Jesus with that in mind next slide please what did Christ's death accomplish then we're supposed to remember his death we're supposed to proclaim it, to promulgate it, to promote it publicly. But what did his death accomplish? Now, we think we know, but do we really, really know what his death accomplished? Hallelujah. Next slide, please. We're coming out of 1 John 2 and 1. I'm reading from the Amplified Classic Version. This is John the Elder, amen. John that was with Christ, hallelujah. John that looked after his mother, hallelujah, as he was at the cross, hallelujah. John now is uh, very old, hallelujah, uh, extended in years, amen, hallelujah. So he's at a different stage in life. John was a teenager, hallelujah, when Christ walked the earth. Now he is an older man, hallelujah. He was the longest living apostle. 
and he's writing this letter. Now, some scholars say, hey, man, like John Gill, holiday, that he was writing to a Jewish audience. Some other scholars like Jameson Fawcett and Brown say that he was writing to Christians in general. Hallelujah. But we can agree that he's speaking to believers here. Amen. Whether they be Jewish converts or Gentile converts. All right. Hallelujah. Any uh, let's begin reading his, uh God's word. Amen. Out of first John two and one. And it reads my little children. So think about an older gentleman, maybe in his 90s at this time. Hallelujah. Speaking to affectionately from a standpoint that he he helped. He was the instrument that helped win them to Christ. My little children, speaking to newborn Christians, my little children, I write you these things so that you may not violate God's law and sin. So he's trying to encourage them to live a life, hallelujah, that follows Christ. Hallelujah. Listen, hallelujah. God is good. Amen. We have his grace. Amen. Hallelujah. But God just doesn't want to. He's not going to encourage us to go out here and sin. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So here John is encouraging the these new converts. Amen. Hallelujah. To not violate God's law and sin. But if anyone should sin. So John's not ignorant. We as human beings all have a sin nature. Hallelujah. Passed down to us from Adam. So we still deal with it. We have an advocate. One who will intercede for us. Do you know Christ is praying for you? Let's think about this. Christ is praying for you. Nobody pray for me. Somebody is praying for you. Let's get out of this manipulative behavior, amen, to get people to feel sorry for us. Somebody's praying for you, and he sits on the right hand of Father God. Hallelujah. Let's, let's wait here. Let's, let's, let's soak this in for a second. Jesus is praying for you. Now, why would he have to pray for you if he's God himself? Hallelujah. Listen, hallelujah. As the God man, he is both God and man. So he stands as a representative of mankind. Well, stand is not a good word. Hallelujah. But he sits as a representative of mankind next to Father God. Hallelujah. Speaking to Father God about you and I. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I believe he's engaging in decorative prayers as well. He's speaking over your life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If we could get away from looking at people and start looking at, he, at Jesus. Somebody, that song, somebody prayed for me. Yeah, yeah Jesus prayed for you. <laughs> All right, we soaked that in. Hallelujah. One who will intercede for us with the Father. It is Jesus Christ, the all righteous, upright, just who conforms to the Father's will in every purpose. Hallelujah. Oh, God, let's soak this in for a second. Jesus conforms to the Father out of his will. It's a choice he makes to conform to the Father's will. See, we have problems conforming to the Father's will, but Jesus does it willfully. In every purpose, thought, and action. 
And he, the same Jesus himself, is the propitiation. <laughs> the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not for ours alone, but also for the sins of the whole world. Let's drink this in for a second. Jesus, now this is a controversial statement, and I've, I've looked it up with the different scholars and stuff like that, the ones I named earlier, hallelujah, and they don't always agree, amen, but if we take this scripture at face value, hallelujah, Jesus not only died, hallelujah, he died for the ungodly. We were all sinners. He died for the sins, not just of the Jews, but of the whole wide world. Now, this is not holiday promoting universal salvation. Amen. You still must make a choice for Christ. You must, out of your will, you must accept that Jesus lived, that he died, how he lived a perfect life, how he died, how he paid for our sins and rose on the third day for our justification. You must be uh, make an active choice amen and engage in the vows hallelujah glory to god proclaiming that you are a christian amen glory to god hallelujah but he not only died for the sins of the jews but for the gentiles as well he died for the sins of the whole wide world the world hallelujah has a jackpot waiting for it but they don't have they've not cashed in their ticket hallelujah because they've not accepted jesus christ as their lord and savior we're remembering his death. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Next slide, please. I want to focus on this word propitiation. It's only in two places in scripture. Here in 1 John 2, 2 and also in 1 John 4, 10. It is a powerful, powerful word. Once again, this is uh, translated from Greek and the base Greek word is Helasmos, hallelujah. And propitiation means we're talking about what did Jesus accomplish with his death, hallelujah. And this is going to tell us, hallelujah. It's an offering to appease, satisfy an angry, offended party. Who was the angry, offended party? It was Father God was angry and offended because man chose not to follow him but chose to go about his own way and fell into sin. Sin must be punished. God was angry because his creation was not operating as he intended it to. We live in this crazy, fallen, COVID, cold Four season world, amen, hallelujah, because we chose to live independent of God. And then we blame God. If God is so good, why is the world like this? Because of us. Man sees himself as righteous and justifies his works, hallelujah, and, and blames God, calls God bad and himself good. Jesus propitiated Father God's anger. He appeased him. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah! So for the Christian, God's no longer angry at you. Mommy was angry at you. Daddy was angry at you. Hubby was angry at you. Wife was angry at you. Your children are angry at you. But God's no longer angry with you because his anger has been appeased by the death of Christ. 
Woo, Jesus. I don't serve an angry God. I don't serve a moody God. My God doesn't live on Olympus. My God doesn't have great power and, 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 and earthly uh, character. He's a complex being that had his anger appeased by the death of Christ. My God, let's read on. Let's read on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As I mentioned, this word is used twice in the New Testament, both times of Christ's atoning blood that appeases God's wrath. All on all confessed sin by the sacrifice of himself, Jesus Christ provided the ultimate helasmos or propitiation. Jesus is an ex expiator, if I'm pronouncing that right, or expiator. Expiator, excuse me. Thank you. My mother came in handy. Hallelujah. Thank you. She's an English teacher. Expiator. Hallelujah. One who atones for guilt or sin. What did Jesus' death accomplish? That which Paul is encouraging us to remember. It appeased God's wrath. We as Christians in many circles, and I'm not here to get into a theological back and forth with Christians, hallelujah, but I'm just pointing out what is, hallelujah. We engage in things, hallelujah, as Christians because we believe God's angry at us. We don't understand that the death of Christ appeased God's wrath. We often over the pulpit or in the pews preach about God's wrath coming upon the church. And we don't understand the death of Christ. There are Christians across this world who are engaging in practices in the month of January because they believe God is angry at them and they're trying to stay God's wrath. We don't understand the death of Christ. I want us to exhale right now, whether you're online or whether you're in the building. God's not angry at you. The death of Christ has appeased the wrath of God. There's no impending doom coming upon you. Hallelujah. We've escaped the wrath of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There's no judgment for us. Hallelujah. We're under the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We don't have to walk on eggshells. Hallelujah. No, we're not giving a license to sin, but a license to live for God. Hallelujah. A freedom. Hallelujah. From the burden of the wrath of God. I am not afraid of Christ's return because there will be no wrath with it. Ooh, that one great terrible day. Not understanding when these things were spoken in the Gospels, particularly in Matthew, that Christ was talking, amen, to an audience of Jews, amen, that had not accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. God came and put on flesh and walked amongst his people, hallelujah, and his people by and large didn't recognize him. They thought that they could appease the wrath of God through their good works or their religious rituals. And we're still doing it today, particularly in the month of January. Mm -hmm. 
Because we don't understand his death. We don't remember his death. Next slide, please. Christ's death pardoned us of our sins. Christ's death, we're talking about remembering his death, pardoned us of our sins. Next slide, please. Ephesians 1 and 7. Hallelujah. This is Paul speaking to the church at Ephesus that Timothy would eventually take over as pastor. Hallelujah. And he says to them, in him we have redemption. In him being Jesus Christ. That is our deliverance and salvation. So our deliverance and salvation is in Christ through his blood, representing his death, which paid the penalty for our sin and resulted in forgiveness and complete pardon of our sin in accordance with the riches of his grace. God is rich in grace. He's not poor in grace. This is, this is what we do in January. We believe God's poor in grace, that we have to twist the arm of God to get grace. That we can manipulate, oh my God, manipulate God into pouring out more of his grace. But he's not poor in grace. He's rich in grace. Let me say this again. God's against sin. But he also understood our state of being. And poured out the richness of his grace through the act of Christ dying in our place. I want to, hallelujah, focus on a few phrases here from this scripture, Ephesians 1 and 7, hallelujah. In him we have redemption, that is deliverance and salvation through his blood, hallelujah. How do we get saved, hallelujah, hallelujah, and, and delivered, amen, through his blood, which represents his death, hallelujah, which paid the penalty for our sin. His blood paid the penalty. There's no penalty you have to pay as a Christian. I want this to sink in. There is no penalty for your sin if you were saved. Those who don't believe in Christ, there's still a penalty. This is not a license to sin, amen. This is God being rich in grace. There is no penalty, no eternal penalty. Yes, on earth, if I go rob a bank, I'm going to jail. I'll be saved, but I'm going to jail. There is no eternal spiritual penalty for my sins. It was paid and resulted in forgiveness. We're going to focus on that word in a second. And complete pardon. We know that outgoing presidents often pardon Hallelujah. Those that are in jail who have committed a crime. Amen. And they go free. We're free. We got to get out of jail card. We've been pardoned by the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Let me bring it. Uh, he doesn't want me to take it. Hallelujah. Let's go move on. Of our sin in accordance with the riches of his grace. Amen. Next slide, please. Let's look at this word pardon or forgiveness. Hallelujah. Pardon, forgiveness. In the Greek is a word, aphesis. And it means our sins are a dismissal, 
release, pardon, pardon is a remission of legal consequences of an offense or conviction. We have been legally freed from the spiritual, eternal consequences of our sin. Sending away a letting go, a release, complete forgiveness, remission. Remission means the cancellation of a debt, a charge, or a penalty. Your sin debt was canceled. It was paid off. It does not exist. It has been sent away. It was let go it no longer exists in the mind of god why because of the death of christ this is why we could say we're forgiven of our sins past present and future he paid it forward hallelujah he paid off the entirety of our lives with his death we are legally hallelujah glory to god forgiven pardoned it's releasing someone from obligation. Oh my God. <laughs> or debt of sins, probably the letting them go as if they had not been committed. I don't know about you, but I got into some sin. I don't know about you, but I knew I was doing wrong and did it anyway. My God. But he let it go. He's not co-signing and say it's all right. He saw me in my weakness. He saw you in your weakness and he let it go. He canceled it. He paid it off. We're remembering his death. My God. Hallelujah. We don't understand what his death means. We've been walking around like sinners in our mentality and our emotions. We've been engaging in practices to get God's divine approval and acceptance. We've been preaching over our pulpits in a way to gain God's favor because we didn't understand his death we didn't remember his death next slide please our religious practices take our focus off of christ and on to sin next slide please coming out of the book of hebrews chapter 10 verse 1 I'm going to read a few scriptures here. Amen. And this is the unknown writer of Hebrews. You've heard me say this before. Hallelujah. If the book is named Hebrews, who was the audience that this was originally intended for? The Jews, a group of Hebrews. Okay. Who were struggling. They had a mental ascent or a mental understanding of Christ but had not yet embraced him as Lord and Savior. 
all right, because they were struggling with the law and grace. They were kind of like many Christians do today. We, we, we are struggling with, I have to make it happen. I have to engage in January practices to make it happen. I don't understand the impact of Christ's death. With that in mind, let's read Hebrews 10 and 1. I'm reading from the New Living Translation now. Hallelujah. The old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow, a dim preview of the good things to come, not the good things themselves. The sacrifices under that system were repeated again and again, year after year, but they were never able to provide perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. They sacrificed animals. They engaged in all of these religious ceremonies. They did all these things, but it never cleansed them of their sins completely. I'm going to get in trouble for this. Amen. Hallelujah. But it just is what it is. We engage in the fasting. We engage in the shut-ins. We engage in the first fruit offerings. All these things in January. But we find ourselves in the same place. January after January. Still caught up. Not understanding his death. Christians. But not Fully knowing our rights and what Jesus accomplished at the cross. You love God. You're a minister. You're a Christian. You really want to do the right things. I'm not on today to get into a theological back and forth with you, amen. But there's a liberty. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. We need to start living in our liberty. And in power. There's no power in dead works. I love you. Love all of us here. But we're going on. In Christ. In power. In miracles. You know, the Pharisees always challenged Jesus. They thought they knew more than God. And sometimes, based on our background, what we've been through, what church we grew up in, amen, we'll get caught up in these things. I was caught up. My testimony, amen, January, I'm fasting. I'm shutting in. I'm giving my first fruit offerings. Because I'm going to show God how sorry I was for the sins I did the previous year. Or how I've fallen short. Or I'm not quite yet in the image and likeness of Christ. I'm not. I, I got to show God how, you know, I'm, how spiritual I am. God knows you're weak. He knows I'm weak. And weak people look for help. They look for grace. They don't try to strengthen themselves or put on a mask of religiosity to try to show God how spiritual they are. Guilty. Many years. Many years as a Christian. So I'm with you out there. I've, I've done all these things. But now I'm operating in another revelation. I'm remembering his death oh brother pastor you're leading us into a heresy we're all gonna go to hell once again that's that 
mindset that God is angry at us. We have a, a ment mentality. Maybe our parents were hard on us like this. We have a mentality that we're always going to get in trouble, that God's going to get us, that God's after us. Hallelujah. That we're, we're like the person who hid the talent in the ground because he misjudged the character of God. Understand how these things have seeped into us, into our spirit, and how they cause us to operate in error, although you may think I'm operating in error right now. I pray for the revelation of Jesus Christ to impact you by the Holy Spirit. It only comes by revelation. I, I can't make anybody. Hallelujah. Let me read on. Hallelujah. If they, could if they could have provided perfect cleansing, the sacrifices would have stopped. For the worshipers would have been purified once for all, and their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. How many times have you fasted, shut in, or given the first fruit offering because you were guilty? Or someone over the pulpit made you feel guilty, and you gave out of guilt. Sometimes you'll bill money. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, your car note. Your oil money. Oh, we're just going to sit in the cold and open up the stove and let that heat up the house. The Lord's with us. Oh, my husband, you know, he's he going to have to eat leftovers. I'm going to give the, the, the grocery money for, as a first fruit offering. Oh, we don't need no lights. Hallelujah. Jesus is my light. I'm going to give my light bill. Well, brother, Pastor, you make it fun. Why are you saying that? Yeah, because I did those things for years. Because I didn't remember or understand his death. And had bill collectors calling me all the time. And I went to work every day. Next slide, please. Hallelujah, verse 3. But instead, those sacrifices actually reminded them of their sins year after year. When we engage in these January practices of fasting, shut-in, first fruit offering, we're actually reminding ourselves of our sins. We're not remembering Christ's death, and we are more focused on sin than Christ. If you don't remember anything else about today, none of the definitions, it's all about Jesus. If I think correctly, if my focus is correct, I'm going to live right. If I'm thinking about sin, I'm going to be caught up in this vicious cycle of sin. Real holiness churches have a sin problem. The strength of sin is the law. When I try out of my own strength to be holy, I don't remember the death of Christ and all it accomplished for me, and let it 
changed me, or I engaged in repentance, which is metanoia, change of mind. My attempts to keep the law or to be holy in my own strength. Holiness is good, but my attempts to do it as a Christian will only lead me to sin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Next slide, please. Christ's death permanently placed believers in a favored position before Father God. We're almost done. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're going to go on this same, ver ver same chapter, excuse me, going down to verse 6. Hallelujah. Next slide, please. For it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats, fasting and shut-ins and first fruit offerings to take away sins. That is why when Christ came into the world, he said to God, you did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings, but you have given me a body to offer. You were not pleased with burnt offerings or other offerings for sin. Next slide, please. Verse 7. Then I said, look, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written about me in the scriptures. First, Christ said, you do not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings or burnt offerings or other other." or other offerings for sin, nor were you pleased with them, though they were required by the law of Moses. Then he said, look, I have come to do your will. He canceled the first covenant. He canceled the first covenant. Christ canceled the first covenant. He fulfilled it by following the law perfectly. Only he could. Hallelujah. And at the cross, he canceled the first covenant. We can read the Old Testament, but from a New Testament point of view, amen, where we see Christ in the scriptures, that it was all the time pointing forward to the cross. Every act, every sacrifice, every person was pointing towards Jesus Christ dying at the cross. It was but a shadow of the real thing that would come. On the greatest day on earth. He canceled the first covenant in order to put the second into effect. I would tell you here today that most Christians don't understand the new covenant. What I'm saying today is foreign. It's offensive. I'm a heretic. I'm out of my mind. We don't understand the new covenant. Next slide, please. Hallelujah. For God's will was for us to be made holy. For God's will was for us to be made holy. Not to make ourselves, but to be made holy. By the sacrifice. How we made holy? By the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. As we remember his death, we remember when we were made holy. We remember when we were made holy or other than that we were set apart or separated, amen, as God's own. How were we made God's own? By the death of Christ. He made one sacrifice once for all time. There is no more sacrifice for sin. So me engaging in these January things, hallelujah, are really saying, I don't understand this death, 
Matter of fact, I don't believe that it was effective. I must add these January practices. It was one sacrifice that was suitable for all time. It is finished. Hallelujah. Let's look at, next slide please. Let's look at this word sanctified, made holy. It's a Greek word, hagiadzo. It's to regard as special, sacred. We were made holy. We're now regarded as special, sacred. If nobody else sees you as special and sacred, Jesus' death should make you feel special and sacred. If your husband doesn't regard you as special and sacred, Jesus' death should let you know that you're special and sacred. If mommy and daddy doesn't see you as special and sacred, Jesus' death should make you feel special and sacred. If you never got the attention you wanted, and even at an extended age, you find yourself still trying to get the attention of others. Look at the cross and know that you're special. You're sacred to God. Hallelujah. Saints, you may never get what you need from a human being. Oh, if one day I could just get married, he just loved me so much. You may never get what your heart cries for because you're looking at the arm of flesh instead of what Jesus accomplished at the cross. This is me not downing marriage. It's wonderful when you have two people dedicated to the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Putting him first. Amen. Getting what they need from God and then sharing it with one another. Amen. That's it in its ideal form. Amen. I can tell you I'm a work in progress in my own marriage. Hallelujah. We've not yet reached that perfection. Hallelujah. Consistently. But in Christ's I know I'm sacred and special, and his death made that possible for you and for me. It means holy, set apart. You're set apart. Why don't we gauge in sin? Because we're set apart. That, that's not a part of my life anymore. I'm set apart. I, he's, he's placed me to the side. I'm not included in those things. Hallelujah. And often what we do as Christians is we leave our set apart place and we run back to the sin that we knew and felt comfortable with. Yet he loves us anyway. He's not endorsing it. He's not co-signing it. But when God makes a commitment to you, he does not break it. We break commitments all the time. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble for this one. Oh, God sent me to this church. Oh, God changed his mind. Now he's sending me someplace else. Listen, we as human beings, I have broke, broken commitments. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm not in love with you anymore. I want another relationship. We as human beings break Oh, I'm not a Christian anymore. Now I'm a Muslim. We break commitments all the time. But God is not like that. He's committed to you. 
So much so that when we get caught up in the sin, the Holy Spirit's with us. And he's like, why did you bring me here? Why do you have me in this situation? Why are we laying next to this person that we're not married to? And we call it conviction. It's really him crying out like, get me out of here. Hallelujah. Let's move on. To purify by, help me mother with this word again. Expiation. Expiation means the act of making amends or reparation for guilt or wrongdoings. Christ's death made it right between us and God. He made it right. We don't have to engage in practices that make it right with God. Christ made it right. Yes, if you get caught up in something, there's nothing wrong with confessing your sins and, and, and getting it off your chest and restoring a comfortable prayer life with God. I get it. I've done it. I understand it. Hallelujah. But we as Christians act like Christ didn't die. We as Christians act like we're still living under the first covenant. And the only time we talk about the new covenant, amen, when it comes to the leader falling into sin. And we have to give the leader grace. No, we've all been given grace. So Christ made amends, payment or reparation for the guilt or wrongdoings, atonement or making us at one or making a payment for our sins. We are free from the guilt of sin. Remembering his death will keep us out of sin because we'll know how much his grace has had an impact on our lives when we did not deserve it. You know what this month should be known for? Remembering his death. Let me start off the year by remembering his death. Let me engage, hallelujah, instead of fasting, let me engage in taking the Lord's Supper. Every day this month. I'm committed to taking the Lord's Supper every day. Give me this day his daily bread. Hallelujah. Instead of afflicting my soul or beating myself up for my sins in 2021, how about I remember his death and take communion every, all, all 31 days this month? And remember all that it did for me. Let me close on this. Saints, when we as believers remember Christ's death, we remember what an awesome Savior we have that suffered terribly on our behalf. We remember we have been permanently freed from our sins and stand in a favored position before Father God. When we engage in ritual religious acts in order to tell God how sorry we are for our sins, we continually remember our past, past sinful acts and remain become sin conscious. Let us continually remember the death of our Savior, be Christ conscious, and live the victorious life he died for us to have. Hallelujah. I'm closing by saying, remember his death. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Let me say this. You were offended today, whether you're in the building or online. The point was not to offend you. But we got to go on.
We got to go higher. We will never accomplish what God wants us to do, winning the world, by operating like we're still in the first covenant. A covenant that's been canceled. A covenant that's been fulfilled. Jesus came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. He fulfilled it and then canceled it. We are new covenant believers that are to look and remember his death that has freed us from our sins. It's paid the penalty eternally for our sins. God's no longer angry at us. Hallelujah. He see it, it, his death made us holy. Hallelujah. Set us apart. Hallelujah. That we're not like the world. Amen. But we're becoming more like Christ in our behavior. And legally, we are holy. Legally, we are set apart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're learning how to be righteous in our behavior. But legally, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, saying all that, can I engage in Serious prayer where I'm, you know, I can't eat a hamburger and, and pray. My focus is not fully on God. So, yes, you know, if you choose to uh, put your plate aside to engage and, and, and spending time with God and being caught up in the spirit, then hallelujah. But if you're engaging in it to, to, to pay for some past sins, hallelujah. For 1,500 years, the Jews engaged in practices to try to atone for their sins, and they failed. At the end of the Old Testament portion of the Bible, there was no solution for sin. The last, book of the last uh, verse of Malachi, there is no solution for sin sin. The first book of the New Testament, Matthew, the solution for sin comes on the earthly scene. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We should be eating and not turning over our plate. In eating the Lord's Supper, we remember His death. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, the devil got us so caught up, amen, when we come to church, we, we I don't want to eat, I don't want to eat in a unworthy manner. So we punish ourselves by not eating the Lord's Supper, not benefiting from the worship that's involved in it, and never operating in power. We got it backwards. We should be eating. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can send your complaints to my wife. She's back here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. It's out of love. I love everybody. I love you. More importantly, God loves you. And he wants us to come out of ignorance and go on and walk in the light. Amen. Amen. Jesus is better to us than we know. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Listen, hallelujah, you're out there, you're impacted by what I said. You're a Christian, you're offended by what I said, hallelujah. I want to pray for you real quick, amen. Let me start by those that don't know Christ, hallelujah. Someone came, this, this complex being came on earth, put on flesh and died, paid the penalty for everything you've ever done that was wrong, immoral, impure, that was abusive, that was willful, that was mean, that was dirty, all those things, hallelujah, someone came and took the penalty for your wrongdoing. That person is Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, this person gave their life for you. Someone died for you. But being God, he, was, he rose from the dead on the third day to signify that Father God accepted his death as full payment for your sin and for my sin. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If you'd like to join this family of God, that you want to know this God, you want to be a part of this, hallelujah. You want to know the freedom from guilt and the freedom from uh, beat yourself up, hallelujah. Glory to God. Every other religion in the world beats themselves up because of their sins, hallelujah. Jesus got beat up for our sins, hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He took it upon us, hallelujah. Himself, excuse me, hallelujah. If you want to join this family, say these words to me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Please forgive me of all sins, transgressions, iniquities, and general imperfections, bad choices. I believe that you died for my sins, my bad choices, my willful immorality. I believe you rose from the dead on the third day as the evidence that Father God accepted your death as full payment for my sins, my immorality, my imperfection. Thank you for saving me today in Jesus' name. If you believe that vow you just said, now say amen. I want to welcome you to the family of God. Hallelujah. Let me speak to my brethren in the Lord, my Christian brethren. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This is a word from the Lord today. This is a prophetic word. But you can only receive this by revelation. If you're angry right now, you're frustrated, you think I'm a heretic, I'm, I'm preaching false doctrine. Amen. Hallelujah. While you're praying this month, I want you to ask God about what you just heard. I want to encourage you to seek him for yourself. I have engaged in all these things that I'm preaching about today, but I got a greater revelation. Hallelujah. I was someone who felt uncomfortable with people walking up to the pulpit. Oh my God, you can't walk up to the pulpit. I am someone who thought that this space before the, for the uh, pulpit was an altar. The altar symbolizes sacrifice, that there is more sacrifice that's needed. But we read in Hebrews 10 that it was one offering for all time. There's no more need for a sacrifice. There's no more need for an altar. Rather, this is the throne of grace. The sacrifice has been made. I'm going to pray for you. I'm praying for my brethren. Father God, have your way in those that you love and I love. The ministers, the pastors, the preachers, the pew members, the pew preachers. Father God, see about your church. See about all of us and empower us to get a revelation of the death of Christ and to build up the church from this revelation moving forward that we might impact the world 
and that all of our churches would be flooded with new converts to Christianity and that we can have a church full of people on your return back for your bride. We thank you today that we're going up together. Not the living water is going up by itself, but we all, throughout all Christendom, are going up together as this revival takes place, a revival in remembering the death of Christ. We thank you today. I pray for the pastors. I pray for the leaders. I pray for the evangelists. I pray for the teachers, Lord God. Fresh anointing and fresh anointing for me as well as we move on to higher and greater flood their churches as they preach the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Bless them financially. Finance the visions, Lord God, that you have inspired. Have your way in their church and in our church. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm rooting for you all. I love you all. I'm with you. I support you in Christ. God bless. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, we need your help, amen, to continue to spread the gospel. We are undereducated in our Christian walks. We need more gatherings like this. We need the gospel spread. We can't share the gospel if we don't know the gospel. We can't impact people. We can't speak about it confidently if we're not being taught it. Amen. Hallelujah. But in order to be taught it, we need a place to teach it. Amen. We need to pay for utilities. We need to, hallelujah, pay for the resources and everything that we need. Hallelujah, the buildings, amen. Hallelujah. So we need your support that the gospel will continue to be spread. You can do that in one of three ways. Amen, hallelujah. You can give online at lwccgrace.org forward slash donations. There you can make a tax-deductible donation to the Living Waters Christian Center and help support us with the spread of the good news about Jesus Christ. Amen. It's on your screen right now. The second way is you can mail in a donation to P.O. Box 115, Amityville, New York. It's Living Waters Christian Center, P.O. Box 115, Amityville, New York, 11701. You can make a donation there and we will mail you back, hallelujah, a record of your donation for your tax purposes. The third way is you can come and join us here at 15 Albany Avenue, Amityville, New York, hallelujah, 11701. Our church time has now started at 10.45 a.m. Hallelujah. We want more worship. We want more time for the spirit to move. Amen. So we've uh, been led by God to have our earlier service. Amen. That we can do that before we come on and join you and have our word service here in our sanctuary as well. Hallelujah. So we would love to see you. Once again, that's 15 Albany Avenue, Amityville, New York, 11701. Hallelujah. We are socially distanced. We have ventilation. We have an overflow room. We'd love to have you join us here at the Living Waters Christian Center. Amen. So now if you have those offerings, amen, we're going to pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Father God, we give this seed because we remember your death today. And just as you went into the ground, hallelujah, and you brought forth, hallelujah, billions of souls as a harvest, we take our seed and sow it in the ground as well. The ground in this case being the Living Waters Christian Center. That it might bring forth great seed, Lord God, some 30-fold return, some 60-fold return, some 100-fold return, some a million-fold return. That we might be blessed to be a blessing to others, that the gospel might spread, that our lives are in a good place and our needs are met, Lord God. And we can help meet the needs of others, Lord God, first their spiritual needs, hallelujah, and then on to their uh, spiritual needs 
through the spreading of the gospel about your son, Jesus Christ. Have your way in our lives. We thank you and praise you for this seed we sow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. So thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us today. God bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you to pray. If you found this message difficult to hear or you're angry, I definitely want you to pray. Amen. And seek the Lord for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Seek the Lord and look into the scripture. Amen. Examine. Uh, hallelujah. Under a fine, uh, you know, figuratively speaking, a microscope, what I share today. And I believe that you will find the revelation, amen, that you need if you're ready and open to receive it, that we might go on to better and greater things as a church. God bless you. God loves you. Those of you that got saved today, I celebrate you. You are special. You are sacred. Hallelujah to God and to us. Blessings to you. We'll see you next week at 1130. God bless. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us at I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. We hope the message blessed you and unveiled the love of Christ to you in a greater way. God bless.